0: Hello, and welcome to Bubby Brister's Brunch Buddies, your go-to show for football history, analysis, and general sports information on the Dallas Cowboys, Washington football team, and Seattle Mariners on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. I'm Harry Gollum, here with Andrew Pearson. Hello, folks. Today, Andrew and I are going to be covering the matchup between the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll also talk about the Monday Night Football situation, Mm -hmm. reports about a new target city for NFL expansion, C.D. Lamb versus Aaron Rodgers on fines, and the return of the Belichick Patriots. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. First, let's dive into the matchup. So, Andrew, who do you think's got the better end of the Jags Colts?
1: Now, this is actually a really interesting uh, thing, because at least in recent memory, don't the Jags do oddly well against the Colts? yes that's true so i would i would assume indy has the all-time record but
0: it's mm-hmm. closer than people think indeed it is 25 to 15 indy and one of the things that's interesting is that the Jags played them close throughout the peyton manning era you know what i mean
1: yeah, yeah because I, I... in the peyton manning era the jaguars they're like they're like the texas rangers harry just,
0: just <laughs> not quite mid- enough.
1: Middling, very forgettable. But people forget the early 2000s Jaguars actually had some really great players like uh, Marcus Stroud, uh, Rashawn Mathis, and Fred Taylor. So yep. they weren't irrelevant in at all. Fred
0: Taylor. They had Fred Taylor back in the day. Young, young Fred Taylor.
1: Fred Taylor used to be amazing. Uh, later on in the in, in the aughts, they had uh, they had Maurice Jones
0: Drew as well. Oh, my MJD.
1: Yeah. Now he's
0: like a hack analyst. Yeah. That's now you, that's now you know you made it is when you can just start spouting BS on national television, the <laughs> NFL.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: But yeah, so that brings you our to our first game, which is the first ever Jaguars win, which took place on November 9th, 2003. Now, Andrew. The Jaguars quarterback was a man named Byron Leftwich. Ooh, Byron Leftwich. Yeah, I like him. We'll talk we'll talk about him later. Okay. But the Colts quarterback was some guy named Peyton Manning.
1: Not sure who he is. I think it's I think it's some c- announcer for A- ESPN or something. I don't know.
0: He's so bad they only give him the second channel though. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, would you believe me if I told you that uh, Leftwich did far better than Peyton Manning?
1: I actually wasn't wouldn't surprise me because because um, Leftwich would. Uh, Loki had a, had a lot of flashes early on in his career. Mm.
0: By the way, yeah, okay. by the way,
1: folks, he is the offensive coordinator for the Bucks currently.
0: Uh, I was going to mention that, yeah. It's, true. it's But yeah, true. anyways, we'll talk about Lefwich later. Yeah, we're going to talk about Lefwich at the end of this game. But honestly, honestly, forces me to tell you, Lefwich didn't really outplay Peyton that much. It was just that he had 22 attempts to Peyton Manning's 45. So, mm. you know, he had a better rating, but... Volleyball. Anyway, so the game opens with a Peyton Manning to Marvin Harrison thirty-yard pass. You know, classic Indy, right? Oh, by the way, Marvin
1: Harrison's son is uh, playing for the Ohio State Buckeyes right now.
0: Is he now? Which I, did not I know that. Which
1: I only learned by watching the uh, Ohio State Nebraska game last week. So Marvin nice. Harrison Jr. coming up soon. You know,
0: is he any good?
1: I don't think so. He got a couple of catches, but it's Nebraska, so. Okay, okay. Anyways, anyways. So
0: so then the Jags, actually, Fred Taylor, who had it, uh, what was that, I believe, he had over 150 yards rushing this game, but he actually breaks the plane late in the first quarter to even up the game. Mm -hmm. Then, old friend Mike Vanderjagt hits two field goals in the second quarter. Now, you might remember Mike (laughs) Vanderjagt as the kicker who got into uh, a feud with Peyton Manning. Uh, and he's probably the only guy who ever, like, made Peyton really mad, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what
1: did, what did he, he call him? I forget what he... Did, did like, he call he, it, I did he I called him,
0: like, a one-trick pony or something, right? No, Peyton Manning used profanity I can't use on radio. So, I actually remember what he said, but I can't say it. But he actually cussed at him. Like, that's... that's For Peyton Manning, that's astonishing, you know? hmm And uh, then, predictably, uh, the Colts had to choose. Do they go with Mike Vanderjagt or Peyton Manning? And, uh... <laughs> They went with Peyton Manning. <laughs> Unfortunately. The the underdog story there. Uh, and, not, and then, not prevailing. And then Mike the Goat Vanderjack went on to miss some field goals for the Cowboys before he was out of the league. Yeah.
1: He was out of the league Wait, was really he the, quick.
0: Was he the kicker who uh, got the Tony Romo hold? No.
1: Know? No. No. No, that was wasn't uh, him. That was, that was a
0: little before him.
1: No, it was a little. It was after. It was, it was actually after? It. Oh, no, yeah, I guess he did really. No, because Romo didn't come on until either, I think it was 07, 07. Oh, was Romo that late? Uh, right. Yeah, Rom- Romo started like 07, maybe like half, second half of 06, but pretty pretty mm, sure, okay. 07 for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah, so anyway, uh, back to the game, though. The Indies now up to a 13-7 to lead, and when Peyton Manning hits Marcus Pollard, Twenty to seven heading into halftime. That's pretty bad. But then Byron Leftwich runs four uh, four yards to get to the end zone. It's twenty to fourteen. Then Byron Leftwich hits Jimmy Smith forty-three yards downfield. Now Jags are up one point. <laughs> Fell in then, Jimmy Smith. Alright, Andrew, you know what? <laughs> what are you, Adam Schefter? <laughs> Making <laughs> yeah. accusations like that. <laughs> uh, it, okay, who cares?
1: Who cares? Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Smith might be insane off the field, but but he was,
0: a really good wide,
1: he was a really good wide receiver.
0: Yeah. But then Mike Vanderjack, who is scoring a lot of points this game, he actually puts one through the uprights. So with about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, Indy's up 23-21. But then with less than – with about a minute left to go, basically, Fred Taylor breaks off a 32-yard run. Yeah. Give the Jags the lead, and they'll allow them to take their first win – from the Colts in franchise history.
1: That's awesome. Now, now was Keenan McCardell still on the Jags at this point?
0: Uh, let me take a look here. I didn't see any mention of him, and I don't see any mention of him. So, if he was, he would have been injured or completely shut down.
1: Yeah, because I remember he was a really good player for for the Jags before he ended up going to the Bucks. Uh, yeah. In the, the mid aughts, but. Uh... But yeah, just a really exciting game. But I do like Byron Leftwich though. Do you want to talk about him? So let's, now talk, or... let's talk, let's yeah.
0: talk about Byron Leftwich, right? So, he had a mostly unspectacular career as an NFL QB, though <clears throat> it started interesting and strong for more re- for more reasons than one. First of all, Byron Leftwich sort of rises in draft stock for some reasons we'll get into when we talk about his college career. But long story short, the Minnesota Vikings have the 7th overall pick, right? Yeah. They don't really want a QB, they don't want Left Witch, and they've worked out a deal with the Ravens to tra- to allow the Ravens to trade up and take it. But I, and I can't find enough about this to be 100% sure. But long story short, the Vikings get cold feet, but not only do they not go through with the trade, they don't draft anyone. Wait, Time don't. Time expires, yes,
1: yes, yes. yeah. Wait,
0: I remember this now. So, yeah, in this year, the Vikings,
1: when it came fi- when the final came turn, they missed. There, is, is, is this the only time it's ever happened in NFL history? I'm
0: pretty sure, At yeah. At least in
1: modern NFL history, this is the only time this has ever happened. Because, of course, it would be the Vikings. But they... So, their first pick goes by, right? The time expires. They don't submit a card. So, <laughs> it just goes to the next team. Was the next team the Jags?
0: Uh, n- yes. Yes, it did.
1: And that's where yeah, they drafted the Leftwich, right? And that's how they got Leftwich. And then it came back to Minnesota, right? Because... Nobody knows what to do because it's never happened before. Yeah. So they just moved Minnesota down a spot, and then they missed it again. Yeah. They missed the deadline again. So Minnesota went from what would have been, what, the seventh overall pick? Yeah. They went from seventh to ninth because they just couldn't make a decision. Okay? I don't know what kind of anxiety these people have that just – prevents them from functioning okay but this just and the reason they didn't take a quarterback was was because Dante Culpepper was still on the Vikings at this at this point yeah and he was actually pretty good for the Vikes um for a good handful of years in the early aughts so I just find it was it the
0: 2000 team with Randy Moss that was like one of the best teams of all time I think that would have been 98 no, so 90,
1: 98 was the year Randall Cunningham took him okay. to the, took him to the championship game where they lost on a miss, on the missed field goal from Anderson, yeah. and it was his only miss over, in the last two years. Yeah, in the last two years, and it I came. think that's
0: the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, because that one team you're thinking was about. absolutely unbelievable. They had young Randy Moss Is that like rookie Randy Moss, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because they they uh, Culpepper was also good.
1: They had uh, Chris Carter as well. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of like really good defensive guys, but no, the Culpepper teams, the Culpepper teams are pretty good. Um, from what I recall, they just got stuffed late in the playoffs, uh, because
0: you know, it's the Vikings. Yeah. But anyway, anyways, anyways, indecision aside, he falls into the lap of the Jags. You take him, and he actually progresses pretty well. He plays pretty well throughout the first about nine or so games of his career, When after Mark Brunel goes down to an injury, he takes over the starter in his rookie year, and then he suffers an ankle injury, and basically the rest of his career is defined by re-injuring his ankles, right? Mm -hmm. And he never really gets a chance to set him to get to set his feet, literally, in the NFL again because he constantly was getting he was constantly re-injuring his ankles, right? And not only
1: that, not only that, but uh, at the same time. The Jags had David
0: Garrard, um, who, who... Technically speaking, who, he came in a couple of years later. Yes, but yeah. yes. Though, so of course, one of the years Leftwich had before him, he had to have surgery to reconstruct his entire ankle. So he had about one year, and that was injury shortened, to prove himself before Garrard came in. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Garrard surpassed him. But let's... And so he is actually currently the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So he has two Super Bowl rings. Obviously, the most recent one came with the Buccaneers as their offensive coordinator last year. Mm-hmm. But do you know where that first one came from?
1: It came with him as a backup quarterback. Um, yeah. Where did he back up? Because I know... Ugh, not the Eagles. Um. Crap. Because uh, this would have been when David Garrard comes in. So this is like late aughts, right?
0: hmm Yeah, I'd say that's about right.
1: Late aughts, uh, maybe Giants? Giants, not Giants, no. Uh, not the Pats.
0: No. It is the Steelers.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Limited. wait, is that where he met, um, is that where you met Bruce Arians?
0: I believe so. Yes, actually.
1: Yes, because after that, when when Leftwich became a coach, that was still when Arians was still in Arizona with the Cardinals, and his first year of um, of coaching was under Arians uh, yeah. in Arizona. So, and, and right. he he became interim offensive coordinator after uh, uh, like during Arians' final season, where they fired the OC because he was doing such a terrible job.
0: Right, I remember that. So, yeah. So, yeah. But putting aside his coaching career, which he's quietly putting together a pretty solid pedigree as a as a coach, and uh, kind of an, a low-key uh, candidate for future jobs in the NFL, that's not really, though, what I want to talk about. Because perhaps the most exciting thing he ever did was in college. So he broke out as a star for Marshall University. Yes. But if you know a- and, anything, his, and
1: his wide receiver was Randy Moss.
0: There you go. But here's the thing. When he broke out playing for... uh, If you've ever heard of his college career at Marshall University, you've probably heard of this game. Playing against Akron down big, he broke his shin and had to be carried off the field. Right? Mm -hmm. He came back in that same game and led a 17-point comeback. That's ridiculous. Then they they lost the game in the end to Akron. but Freaking Akron? Yeah.
1: That's a shame, <laughs> but awesome, awesome comeback story from Leftwich. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, mildly concerned about that. Maybe that's why the ankles kept getting messed up. Is because he kept trying to play through injuries like that. Yeah, you know, maybe that set a bad precedent. But that's just speculation. Anyway, I can't feel too bad for the guy. He's got two Super Bowl rings and a cushy job as a as the um, offensive coordinator for the best receiving core in football. So maybe ever, maybe ever i don't know i don't know if i could say ever though i mean like don't get me wrong they're great but i don't know i don't know uh, we could have what about, that, the, we, what about the smurfs hmm? <laughs> the hmm? smurf. art monk art kids monk. these days they don't remember gibbs you know he could make it work with the quarterbacks but he relied on his receivers and you know what they have that the ter- tampa bay guys don't have
1: what? chemistry
0: they were together for years they weren't they weren't selfish like that you know I don't they know. Help I'd, the team I'd, win. I'd, I'd,
1: I'd say the receiving core right now is pretty unsolved. Anyway, we could have this discussion. This could be like a 20-minute discussion. Well, okay,
0: I'm sorry. It's washed-up Gronk uh, Young? Know,
1: He's not washed up, though. That's the thing. Yeah. He's not washed up.
0: He's actually still producing. Yeah, sure he is. And his backup is OJ Howard. Somebody needs to, like, nerf the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But then again, Tom Brady is kind of limiting that receiving core. All wow. I'm saying is, like... You know it. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. I mean, let me put it to you like this. Imagine if Patrick Mahomes got to play with that Bucks offense.
1: Okay, that would... The league do...
0: would be over.
1: It would be over.
0: Like, just cancel the season. But, like,
1: it would, be, it would be, you know, Golden State Warriors super team over. Yeah,
0: like the KD Warriors. I mean, it would be to the point where, I'm going to be honest with you, heck, you put, like, I don't know, Lamar... In that offense, I mean, it's over. a
1: different—it's a different offense.
0: It's a different offense, but Lamar would still look like the one of the best passers in the league every week because even when he was not playing well, they'd catch all his mistakes. I guess so. I'm sorry, but I can't be that impressed by Tom Brady's performance. No, no, put when... Kyler
1: Murray in there. No, oh, oh. Jesus, no, that would
0: be that would be that'd be good looking. Put Sammy Ba yes. in there. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. All you would need then is Mark Mosley for kicker, and it'd be the best offense in NFL history. That's true. That's true. But anyway, anyway, we digress. Now, I want to talk about the first game these two teams ever played on December 10th, 1995. Okay. Andrew, what do you think the first points ever given up by the Jaguars to the Colts were? Probably what, a what safety. Were they on?
1: Probably a safety. <laughs> no. That'd be so on brand.
0: <laughs> but similarly humiliating. Fifteen seconds into the game, ninety-five yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Oh no. Oh no. Say it ain't so. And then the same guy who returned that kick yeah. later in the quarter catches the touchdown pass to put Indianapolis up 14 to nothing. Oh Aaron Bailey. Aaron. The Bailey. Jaguar killer.
1: Wow. They call him the cat killer.
0: They do. And uh then the Jags are like, what if we scored a little touchdown? In the first two minutes of the second quarter, right? A little so more. Indianapolis responds by by throwing a Marshall Falk touchdown run and a Carrie Blanchard field goal to really bury him twenty four to seven. But here's where the here's where the joke comes in, right? Uh-huh. You might be thinking, okay, heading into halftime, it's twenty four to seven. This is over, right? This is over.
1: Except this Bright is right ro- This is rookie year Peyton Manning, or was this before that?
0: No, this is before that. We'll talk. Oh my god! So this is we'll talk about who their quarterback is.
1: No, 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 no. It's is it Jim or John Harbaugh? Nope, it's it's neither Harbaugh. Wait, is it like
0: Jeff George? Mm. Closer, but he's not Jeff George. Jeff Blake. Nope. No, it's not Jeff. Like you're not close with the name. It's just the kind of quarterback you're close with.
1: No, I I feel like I know who this is. It's the guy who quarterbacked for the Falcons as well. Like the... Oh, that's who
0: Jeff George is? Yeah, but the, it wasn't Jeff George this game, to be clear.
1: It was Jeff George. Okay. Okay. We'll get to that when we get yeah, to we'll that. Yeah, we'll get to it.
0: Anyway, so then Jacksonville scores another tu- uh, no, it's not a touchdown. Rather, they kick a field goal. Yeah. And the Colts kick a field goal. So the Colts are still up 17 heading into the final quarter. They've got this in the bag, right? I mean, they're up 17 against an expansion team, mm-hmm. right? Right, Andrew? Right.
1: Andrew.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. They can't blow this, right? It can't possibly happen. Mark Brunel, 15 yards downfield, hits Willie Jackson. 27 to 17. Okay, no big deal, right? Yeah. In fact, Coles strike back. They get a touchdown pass of their own to make it 34 to 17. They've still got 17 point a 17 point lead with about mm, eight and a half minutes left to go.
1: Uh huh. It, it can't possibly go wrong,
0: right? Well, wow. they give up another. They give a touchdown pass from Mark Brunel to Jimmy Smith, our boy Jimmy, <laughs> to make it 24-34. And then, I, I regret to inform you, I was making you all excited. They, the Jags did come up short, like they always do, and they gave up another touchdown run. But <laughs> Jacksonville scores another touchdown pass. So if you're keeping track, Mark Brunel threw three touchdowns and 300 yards. In, like,
1: what, in the span of five minutes?
0: Yes, he threw them all in the fourth quarter.
1: So the so the Jags almost came back, and the Colts almost blew the game.
0: Yes, let me put it to you like this. Mark Brunel stormed down the field three separate times against a winning team. The Colts were a winning team that year, a winning team's defense, mm-hmm. and still lost because... <laughs> the Jaguars' defense gave up double-digit points in every quarter except the third quarter. Oh, God. But you might have said, oh, uh, you might have said, oh, yeah, who's that Colts quarterback? Well, who's that Pokemon, Andrew? It's Craig Erickson. Craig Erickson.
1: Is that the guy who uh, who Mel Kuyper didn't want the Colts to draft or something?
0: Mm. I know what you're talking about.
1: No, no, no. I'm it, it was, sure. it was with i was not sure. It was with them sticking with Harbaugh, right? That's what it was about.
0: Yeah, I don't remember exactly what the context is. I don't think it was him, but I don't remember. It could be him. I definitely remember what you're talking about, though. Yeah. But Craig Erickson, he's actually one of the few players in NFL history to be drafted twice. First by the Eagles, I think in 93 in the fifth round, and then the next year by the Bucks in the third round. Kind of like Bo Jackson. Mm-hmm. Unlike Bo Jackson, he wasn't good. <laughs> good enough to be drafted twice. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, his best season came in the mid-90s Buccaneers. He threw for just over 3,000 yards. The team did not make the playoffs. That was his best year. Oh. But he did win a national championship with Miami in 89. So if you've heard of him... This that, would he have been, that
1: would have been Jimmy Johnson's last year. Yeah, in Miami yeah. As well.
0: At the U, yeah. But... If you know him for anything, you probably know him as one of the few non-baseball athletes to get Tommy John surgery.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So, I don't know if that's ringing any bells, Andrew, but there you go. Now, here's the thing. Right, Andrew? You might be asking, all right, great, Craig Erickson, Byron Leftwich, fine, whatever. What does this have to do with Bubby Brister?
1: What does it have to do with Bubby Brister? I've been wondering. I've been scratching. I've been ruminating over this
0: so i gotta be honest andrew uh, the connection's kind of weak th- uh, today i just found some great bubby trivia and i hey man, had to use it hey
1: man anything relating with bubby it's not weak okay
0: it's true that's true bubby's very strong so according to uh a dust adjusted average value which is sort of like uh the, the equivalent of wins above replacement for football right mm-hmm guess who is the second most valuable quarterback no way to ever wear the number six
1: is it actually bubby
0: it's bubby you know who's number one
1: who is number one is it, it has to be baker right
0: nope not even close no he doesn't have the career and also he hasn't been that good for that long you show no respect for your elders Andrew honestly who's a great number six
1: There haven't been that many number sixes out there. there. Have not,
0: but it's it's like like it's like
1: it's like quarterbacks who wear number two. You know? Would you
0: like to hear a hint? Yes. Okay. Um, (laughs) Let's see here. You weren't expecting me to say yes. (laughs) I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give away. He's actually not that obscure of a player. He's not like super good. Mm-hmm. But he he's not obscure, so if I if I give you two obvious, you'll just get him. Um, how about this? I think he finished his career off with the Dolphins.
1: He finished with the Dolphins,
0: and it was recent, like 2010s. So
1: 2010s. Um. It, what, what do you want me to say? Like Matt Moore,
0: big arm, big arm. Jay Cutler, smoking Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Most valuable quarterback to ever wear number six.
1: Can we just, like, erase Jake Cutler from our minds collectively?
0: <laughs> Why? Would you prefer Rex Grossman?
1: <laughs> Honestly, yes. Yes, because Rex Grossman wow. is a cooler name.
0: Okay, I'm sorry, but, like, the Bears fans don't have that much in terms of quarterbacks, so you gotta... It's like Sid I mean, Luckman. I mean,
1: they, I mean, they might have Justin Fields. Justin Fields might, bro, be, might be the Bro, Nagy's gonna
0: ruin him. Nagy's gonna get fired, dude. Not before he, like, gets Justin Fields killed or something. I don't know. Like, on his way out. <laughs> <laughs> out of spite. It's just like, ah, oh, all right. Also, ruining Kyra Santos's, uh, like, was it 40 consecutive field goal makes? And they're like, make I a fo- 66 yard.
1: Yeah, I felt bad. I felt bad. bro. if
0: I was that, if I was Santos, I'd just been like, no. Throw a Hail Mary. <laughs> just like, no. Just to keep the streak alive. And he was actually right dead down the middle. He he didn't have enough leg, but it was right down the middle. It was a good It was, kick. Close. It was close. Anyways,
1: speaking of the Bears, we, we're going to talk about that game a little we're bit gonna later. We're going to talk
0: about that, right? but first, yeah. 1st let's talk about predictions. Andrew, Jaguars and Colts, two Titans of football.
1: So, here's the deal, folks. Okay. Um, n- Normally, we would just point at the Jags, laugh, and, laugh. and then just move on with our day but uh, sure. they won last week against the Bills 6 to 9. Um I really don't know how to evaluate that. Now the, the one Bills thing... can't block, that's <laughs> for one thing. <laughs> now now one thing that is notable is that Josh Allen last week uh the 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 end the the edge rusher not the
0: not the quarterback looked The good one, the good Josh Allen. By the way, we're wow. we talk real quick? One note, Josh Allen the quarterback has been regressing Just a little bit. Uh-oh.
1: I mean that can be a topic for a different show. Uh, or or for not for a different show, for a different episode. But uh whenever we get to the Bills. But um what I was gonna say was Josh Allen looked amazing for the Jags last week. Uh you know, slowly starting to emerge into that superstar talent that they always really envisioned him to be, unlike uh Caleb on Chase on, but we're not gonna talk about that. Um <laughs> And uh, not only that, but Trevor Lawrence is looking like like advertised these past couple of weeks, uh, emerging from the uh, confusing and uninspired scheme here, offensively, with this really just, what is this coaching staff, truly? I'm pretty sure that's
0: Urban Meyer's uh, motto, confusing and uninspired, <laughs> simultaneously.
1: <laughs> but, um, but Trevor Lawrence looks really good. And, and James Robinson looks really good. And that's pretty much it. Alright? That's all you get. Now, the Colts, uh, the week they played the Titans, I believe, uh, because I, what were they, on bye last week? I think so, right? Were the Colts? Yes. I think the... so. No, 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 they played
0: the Jets. They Wait, played the Jets. Oh, well, that's basically a bye. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm that's sorry. right. That was the, uh, that was the, that was the one where, um. Jonathan Taylor almost ran for two hundred yards, so that's that's interesting. But let's talk about Jonathan Taylor real quick. Sure, he's emerging very—he's emerging as a superstar running back, uh, like everybody kind of expected him coming out of Wisconsin. Um, you know, people were really, really excited pounding the table for Jonathan Jonathan Taylor as the best running back in last year's draft class. And right now, he's kind of showing it. You know, probably mm-hmm. looking like the best guy at the moment, uh, other than like DeAndre Swift. Um, just this massive bruising power back with at with amazing wheels uh this guy's gonna be really special at the running back position um not only that but if Carson Wentz just would stop shooting himself in the foot with dumb decisions he would be very very good because he's been playing much better than he was last year with the Eagles and um you know I really wish uh like if Odell Re- Odell Beckham Jr. really wanted to sign somewhere and give a team a chance to win a Super Bowl. If the if the Colts got a superstar wide receiver, I really think they could be you know making an actual playoff push.
0: I'm uh, um, not sure how much of a I had Odell might. I'm not sure I would want Odell though.
1: Yeah, it, I find like, it, I find it very suspicious that every time Odell was taken out of the lineup for the Browns, the offense suddenly got better.
0: I, I was one of those people who was like, okay, come on, guys. The Browns are not better without Odell. There are other yeah. factors. But I'm starting to wonder, like, uh, is he worth the, all the all the malarkey? A, a, apparent drama? Bro, when your dad is, like, posting on Sizzle Reels, you're not being the at you. that's just funny. This
1: is like Eli Apple's mom getting on Twitter to defend her kid. Honestly, no, wait, no. no yeah. This is like Patrick Mahomes' mom going on an angry rant about how announcers kept calling her kid Pat instead
0: of Patrick. This is so sad. But yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, where's the Mahomes family to defend Jackson Mahomes <laughs> while he dances on Sean Taylor's never god? Oh my god. Oh,
1: that was pretty bad. That was, that was so bad. bad. Anyways. Anyways.
0: Anyway, Anyway, bringing it back to predictions.
1: Onwards, then. Uh, I do think that, obviously, I think the Colts are going to win. I think they just simply Mm -hmm. out talent the Jags. Uh, Although, there is a world where Trevor Lawrence pulls a rabbit out of his hat and finds a way to win. That's going to come off the back of Carson Wentz mistakes and um, the Jags just playing unbelievable. But uh, uh, fire Urban Meyer, and that's pretty much all I've got to add.
0: After Perhaps that. you could, like, throw Obermeyer overboard. Not, not, it's not a metaphor. I
1: mean, the real I mean, answer. literally. The literally, throw him out. I mean, if you're gonna worry about him cheating on his wife every single time there's an away game, you know, maybe it's a good idea to just
0: not let him on the plane. You know? Maybe you should just, like, no, no. I think you can bring him on the plane, but you gotta, like, it's a buddy system, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't go anywhere without a buddy (laughs) it's awful it's like I'm going to visit my family sure you are Urban just bring Josh Allen with you wow wow yeah anyway I am just solving all these problems with the Jaguars I mean call me up All right. (laughs) I will solve any of your problems anyway so that brings us to a conclusion I will say I also agree the Colts are a better team than the Jaguars uh, and I think that they will win this game because it's kind of hard to lose to the Jaguars. I sure. mean, it is hard to lose. So
1: Only two teams have lost to the Jaguars so far. So. The Bills,
0: apparently, which, like, ooh. ooh. I'm not going to lie. If there's one win that would make – I mean, if there's one loss that would make me panic about a good team like Buffalo, it would be a loss like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it only took us a half hour, Harry, to get that message
0: across. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, so that brings us to our next section, which is that we're going to cover a bit, uh, a few stories, right?
1: Yeah.
0: We're going to start with a more serious one. So Monday night football, the Monday night football game kind of sucked.
1: It was, it was artificially close.
0: So first of all, right, there is the, the elf in the room is the referee hip checks a Bears linebacker, then yes. throws a flag for taunting. Because he looks in the general direction no, of the Steelers I, I w- bench. Okay, so
1: I was watching. I was watching the game. I was. Watching I've seen that. the
0: clip. Yeah.
1: No, the clip. The clip doesn't do it justice. Okay. So Ca- Cassius Marsh is uh, yeah. a, a defensive lineman who last year was on the Steelers. Okay. Really, so,
0: I didn't know that detail.
1: Yeah. So he was on the Steelers last year, right? And he's on like punt coverage, dude. Oh, wait, no, 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 this isn't pumpkin. No, he, he just got a sack. No, he, he this just was gotten, a sack, yeah. yeah, he, yeah. Had, he had just gotten a sack on Ben Roethlisberger, and he was celebrating, right? And he was celebrating. And as he goes to turn, right, in the middle of his celebration is when, you know, because the, they have to put the punt unit on, right? So yeah. in the middle of the celebration. The punter's coming out. Yeah, the punter's coming out. So he's not even looking at the punter, and he's tangentially looking at the sideline. Of the Steelers, right? Sure. So, but if the Steelers are on the sideline, he's on the hash mark, okay? So it's not like he's on the sideline John at the Steelers, okay? And he wasn't John the punter either. So he's, like, looking in between the punt unit, the um, like the punt unit's on his left, the punter's on his right, and the Steelers' sideline is, like, like 10 feet away like they're they're a good distance they are socially distanced away all right and then after he's done celebrating he turns he turns to go back to the to his sideline right and the sure. referee so it appears to already like you can argue that he was already he's reaching, reaching. For, he was yeah. already reaching for his flag but he suspiciously like backs up into Cassius Marsh as he's walking back and then he throws the flag, right? Yeah. And this was called taunting, okay? And this was really crucial because—, because it gave the
0: Steelers the field goal. They it, got in the no, field goal no. range.
1: So it was a third down, right? This was a third down. And the Steelers just got sacked on third down. They were about to give the ball back to the Bears. It was 23-20? to 20? No, yeah, it was 23-20, I think, is what the score was. And they gave, they were about to give the ball back on a possible game-winning drive for Justin Fields, and the taunting call gave the Steelers the first down. With that, they went down the field, uh, got the field goal, which iced the game. It was so bad, and it looked so suspicious too. Right.
0: Yeah, it was pretty bad.
1: It like all like all the controversial calls you could you could make all went the Steelers' way. Uh, Like, Justin Fields got clocked upside the head. Yeah, Yeah, just just got absolutely blasted. No roughing the passer. uh, No, you know, hit to the helmet. Nothing. Nothing. Everything was getting called on the Bears uh, on Monday night. And it was quite possibly the worst refed game I've ever seen. Uh, And I've been watching football for for the past couple years where it's gotten really bad. Yeah. And honestly, that taunting call, I would argue, it's up there with like that Rams uh, Saints. But
0: the one the one who took the shot, Nicole Roby Coleman, just completely killed. Who did he kill though?
1: Um, I think it was um, I think it was like Traquan Smith.
0: Yeah, it was somebody who wasn't that good, but that's all right. I really wish in the the blessed timeline would have been Coleman doesn't doesn't actually hit him; he just drops it yeah but so perhaps the officials were trying to put some money on the Steelers winning
1: oh yeah is is this this is where you're going with it right because aren't there like a whole bunch of conspiracy theories theories now I'm
0: not actually going to talk about that but I'm going to hear talk about see the Monday Night Football if you listen to the Manning cast you were blissfully ignorant
1: oh we're Uh, talking about the commentary
0: so Najee Harris grew up not wealthy very not wealthy Mm -hmm. right you grew up in hard circumstances so you know how the nfl national media is they turn every overcoming of hardship into a canned line that they could say james connor beat cancer ron rivera beat cancer alex smith overcame the gruesome leg injury did you
1: hear that darren waller used to be a drug addict guys
0: exactly stuff like that so you can kind of see where they're gonna go with this, yeah. But the commentator—I can't remember his name—decided he was gonna go. It's, and em- embellish. It's,
1: it's it's Steve Levy.
0: It was Steve Levy. Okay. Yeah. He says he was going to embellish a little bit because mm-hmm. he says that Najee Harris, in his first year at Bama, mind you, he's on a scholarship to the University of Alabama. He said that in Najee Harris's first year at Bama, he la- he preferred. And chose to sleep on the floor because, because he, he was, was more, com- more comfortable. More comfortable.
1: He was just now, used to it. Or or something like that.
0: After him. the game, Najee Harris said, uh no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a yikes.
1: Yeah, that was that was really bad. And I was listening to that live. And yeah? I'm, I'm like believing the story up to this point. And then I hear him say that. I'm like, uh. I don't know know about that one, Steve. Are you sure? It's like, do they even fact check these stories at all?
0: But of course, don't forget that Steve actually blew the entire, uh, like, last two minutes of the game. Because I I can't remember exactly what it was. I was, I muted the commentary, right? Because I I just hated the sound of their voices. But apparently, (laughs) he made, like, he, I think he had the points wrong where he thought, like, the Bears should go for it. Like, they needed, he thought the Bears should kick a field goal. When they were down by more than like they were down by like six points, oh, it was something yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. He just completely flubbed the end of the game, which was kind of funny. But
1: dude, that mon- you know. that Monday Night Crew is so bad. Did you see? I and I know this call. Um, they I think it was um it was a Najee Harris run late in the fourth, and uh the the Bears like get him get him in the backfield, and one yeah. of the, one of the color commentators I forget if I forget if it was a Greasy. Or um, the, uh, the other,
0: Greasy. or yeah. the other
1: guy, uh, he, who I'm blanking on right now. By the way, three person broadcasts on on NFL crews don't recommend. Don't recommend.
0: No, nope. no, sir.
1: Um, but but I forget which one of the color commentators was, but they just said, like, oh yeah, you know th- those types of runs. The Bears defense has been swallowing up those types of runs all night long. And then Steve, no, and no, and no. They said, um, they said, oh yeah, they've been swallowing, swallowing up on those plays all night. And uh, then Steve Levy, the genius, our Prometheus,
0: <laughs>
1: decides that it's a good idea to say, and the Bears have been swallowing them all night. I'm like, uh. ugh. <laughs> 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 and here's third down. <laughs> Dude, imagine, imagine being on a radio show, right? And just saying, and then they've been swallowing them all night. Here's Taylor Swift.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, but the standards are so low. Like, one time, Kirk Cousins made a throw kind of leaning backwards. And now, Andrew, you watched a lot of baseball this year. Yeah. So you know that in baseball, when shortstops are ranging back towards sort of the third base left field area, they often have to throw off their back foot, right? Yeah. And that's called throwing from the hole, because it's like you're throwing from the hole. Your body momentum is going backwards. You don't get to set your feet. It's pure arm strength, yeah. right? You And pure arm accuracy, because you don't... Your whole body's actually moving the wrong way. Yeah. So it's called throwing from the hole, because it's hard. But of course, Dad and I... I remember this treasured memory. 2017, Kirk Cousins makes a throw leaning backwards, and... It's a touchdown. It's a big play, and everyone's celebrating. And then the color commentator for that game, don't remember his name, just starts crowing, yeah, Kirk looked like a shortstop in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the hole, in a hole. Just You put a shortstop in a hole, that's what Kirk looked like.
1: <laughs> uh, dude, okay, so just on a quick tangent, right? I sure. think most of the play-by-play guys that on almost all the NFL crews – both morning, afternoon, and and primetime games, uh, for all of them are pretty good outside of Steve Levy, honestly. Because because Monday night, like that, because ever since John Gruden left, uh, left ESPN, uh, that the commentary team has not been good for Monday Night Football. Um, shout outs to that one year Jason Witten did color. Um... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Immediately, flipped. I just want to play football. I can't do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um but but yeah, uh I think most of the play-by-play guys are really good, especially guys like Gus Johnson, Kevin Harlan, um obviously Al Michaels on Sunday Night Football. But the color commentators are so bad. The color commentators are awful. And it's they do they have this tendency, right, to where when you're a color commentator you're supposed to analyze the play, right? That's that's your job is to explain what happens in a concise manner in your with own interesting style.
0: stories usually.
1: Yes, but so many color guys have this tendency to just explain the play again. They basically just do the the play by plays guy's job again. He just says, "You got a hole here." And look at him run for fifteen yards. That was great. That was that was just great blocking. I'm like, okay, but can you explain that, please? Right. And then it's the next play already.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: it's just a waste of space.
0: Being a commentator is hard, but these people are not good at it.
1: I know they... <laughs> it's 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 odd. It's odd. You know, yeah. and a, and a lot of them. I remember one of them. Um, One of them said, like the Bucks had a problem at right tackle when uh, Tristan Wirfs uh, is one of the best right tackles in the league for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like they, Mm -hmm. will just straight up get things wrong, and it's bizarre. Like not, not to say you know I'm exempt from mistakes either, right? Because I'm someone who did who did a lot of uh, a lot of color commentary for our radio station or football program mm-hmm. right um so it's not like i'm exempt for mistakes either i've had my flubs i've had i've mistaken kids numbers uh, i've mistaken coverages but that's the professional level you're supposed to be able yeah. to explain that concisely and so many get it wrong it's
0: yeah bizarre but yeah now andrew speaking of professionals making cartoonishly stupid decisions <laughs> let's 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 move on from the from the monday night football uh fuster cluck onto uh i can say that on the radio right
1: yeah
0: okay cool I'll just make it sure yeah. uh but the nfl is looking to expand again or they're considering it really and there's this great well it's it's very early stages they're not actually there's no serious plan on the table it's just like if we were to expand just this is balling. a city yeah yeah, this is a, if we were to expand, this is where we'd want to go. Uh-huh. And there's this great city, you know, they've got, they love football. And, you know, it's a wonder why there isn't a football team there already. Um, You might have heard of it. I'm just.
1: San Antonio? St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. Uh-oh.
0: That's right. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: You can't do that. You can't do that.
0: At that point, fast forward to today. The uh, This is quoting directly from a Golf Digest report. The NFL expansion is the NFL is expansion crazed in scheduling, in sheer number of teams. They implemented a 17 game regular season and expanded the playoffs by two teams, resulting in three wildcard games. And wars on the Street, they want an 18 game season, uh, an 18 game season two, and 36 teams to go with it. According to uh, Broncos insider Benjamin Albright, the league has targeted four potential expansion cities London. Toronto, San Antonio, and St. Louis.
1: That's just an insult. At that point, at that point that is just an insult. How dare you? You're really going to you're really just going to have, you know, the the Rams just, you know, sell their soul to Los Angeles, you know, not have not have the lawsuits resolved yet. And just try and give them another team. They don't want another team. They want the Rams. They want the Rams back. <laughs> so that was their team.
0: I, what you want me to say, Andrew? It was... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, I just think that's funny. You know what else was funny, but also yeah. kind of sad? CeeDee Lamb has been fined more for his taunting than Aaron Rodgers was for lying about being <laughs> vaccinated. <laughs>
1: That's that's really weird that that is... like
0: CeeDee Lamb's like like when he did the whole like, um you know, he caught the pass against the Giants or something, you know, and he like showed off about it, you know,
1: or something Do you remember
0: that. He, he, he like taunted and they find him like as much as they find Aaron Rodgers for the whole vaccine uh, situation. I mean, I don't think they should have find either player all that much,
1: but that is a very opinionated thing. So we will not get into that today. Yeah, yeah. This Here's the thing. This isn't a, a show Aaron Rodgers, kind of but
0: yeah. Here's the thing. I just think it's funny because it shows how the NFL's priority lies. Do you you mislead the public? $15,000. You taunt. <laughs> we have standards here. Okay. Yeah. Finally, though, before it's we go, hypocrisy. I want to
1: talk. It's the hypocrisy of mm-hmm.
0: the John Mara. Um... John Mara effect. Yeah. But. Before we go, I want to talk about one last thing, which is that <clears throat> there's a bit of a resurgence of a uh, a classic team, like a um, like a cancerous growth that you thought had been cut out, but keeps coming back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The Belichick Patriots, uh, Patriots, are still here, and Andrew. the defense is starting to play well.
1: Yeah, and they're starting to get good again. Uh, it's like I was telling you, Harry. Like just just wait a little more for the for the pads to get to get rolling, and the wins will start coming.
0: Has God abandoned us?
1: Has God abandoned us? God might have abandoned us long ago,
0: uh, mm, okay. but but interesting, interesting.
1: You know who hasn't abandoned us? The cold, robotic embrace of Tom Brady, <laughs> of Bill <laughs> Belichick's chokehold on the league.
0: Okay, <laughs> okay. Follow up question: Yes, who did Bill Belichick soul- sell his soul to, and what was the price? Like besides the soul.
1: Uh, well, you know, might've been the devil, but honestly, mm-hmm. you know, the devil's also a Patriots fan. So,
0: <laughs> and his name is Robert Kraft. <laughs>
1: his name is Robert Kraft. <laughs> um, well, you know, it might've just cost, uh, you remember that one running back that had a great year and it cost him his career after he tore his ACL.
0: Oh, the fullback.
1: Yeah. You remember him? I can't cost, remember his name. Yeah, I do. It cost him that. Yeah. It cost him that. Um. It also cost him a uh, one year of relevance. So. Oof. It also cost him that. Um. Uh, he. It also. Um. It also let Bill Belichick pass as human. For for a certain amount of time.
0: Is that even possible?
1: You know, he might be a robot, Harry. But. Mm. They. He, they, they do this really weird thing where they, like, surround his mechanical Terminator body with this really unathletic, like, slightly overweight man, right?
0: <clears throat> mm-hmm. Sure, sure.
1: All of this to hide his Terminator brain, okay, <laughs> which is concocted and analyzed and constructed the, the, the coldest, most unfeeling NFL front office— of the past 20 years and there you go that's my two cents
0: there you go so yeah um all right i'm glad to hear it i i will i personally believe that the patriots will not ever die until two curses are fundamentally reversed first the mariners must win the world series and only then can the patriots die and second the the cowboys must have. I'm gonna say seven consecutive losing seasons. I'm gonna say seven. Jerry will be dead by then. <laughs> Jerry will die if they have one losing season. He knows his life force is intimately tied to the Cowboys playing well, so he'll do anything to keep them playing well.
1: You know. You know what. You know what I'll do. You know what I'll do is um, we'll do a little segment. I'll have my bucket of uh, fried chicken, right? <laughs> and I'll say. I will not eat a single morsel of food until Bill Belichick is good and dead. And Bill Belichick would have been fired for like two weeks, and then I would just start eating yeah. <laughs> like like little Nor McDonald moment. Like the park. Norm yeah. McDonald's. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I mean I'm just saying, right. I think this is this is worth mentioning. You know, people think it's funny when how about them cowboys and they lose, right? Very funny. Mm-hmm. It's not funny. Jerry Jones feels his life force draining every time <laughs> the cowboys lose he's really on he's really not doing so hot after that denver loss mm-hmm. you know who are they playing next
1: who are the cowboys playing next uh let me double check and i i suppose well we can end the show with this yeah um,
0: cowboys game here stop. we go they're playing the falcons
1: okay we got we got the falcons
0: if you guys lose the falcons jerry will die on the spot <laughs> just, just drop dead and i wouldn't blame him Remember, this is the team that couldn't,
1: that didn't respond to that, that lost a 99.5% chance to win with with, where it came down to an onside kick last year. Okay?
0: Mm-hmm. That's true.
1: So, yeah. don't underestimate the ability of the
0: Falcons screwing up. That's true. Never underestimate. It's, it's the most powerful thing in the NFL. Truly. On that note, I'm sorry to my Uncle David, who is a Falcons fan. Just I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Falcons fan.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. You don't deserve this. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bubby's Brunch Buddies. I hope you enjoyed and gained some new perspective on the NFL. Or at least you got some Bubby Brewster trivia. Thanks again for listening.